Welcome to Badge of Burnout, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bryce Bowers, family physician, burnout expert, mental health wellness advocate, and challenger of the status quo. You are in the right place if you want to hear both mine and my guests' personal stories of overcoming burnout and mental health struggles in our medical careers, navigating the broken healthcare system, tips on how to live a more aligned, authentic life, and pearls of wisdom learned along the way. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, everybody. Um, really great to be back. Um, second episode coming at you. First episode was smashing, as Austin Powers would say. I had a really great time, a lot of fun. You know, I thought, honestly, I was like, maybe I'll record once a month or something like that. But I don't, I don't know. It's just so much fun. I had a blast recording that first episode. So here I am. I'm week two, and I'm going for a two week in a row shindig here. So um, next week, just a little preview, I'm going to have Diana Londono on my podcast. Um, she's a legend and um, so big in the burnout world. And um, so really looking forward to having her on that one. I will be doing a little video cast with her. So you'll get to see our wonderful faces and um, it's going to be a great time. So I just wanted to give a little shout out to her and a preview of what's to come. Um, also, shameless plug, again, I'm asking for you to you know download and just review the podcast and give me some honest feedback, right? Because I do want this to grow. I, I do really believe in what I'm saying and what I'm doing and the message that I have. And so the more that you rate and review and download and share, you know, the more it gets into the algorithm and the more my message gets out there. So um, it, it's nothing more than that. I just, I just believe in what I, what I'm doing and what I'm sharing. And, um, and I put a lot of work into it and, um, and that's because, you know, I, I do, I want to change the world. I want to change people's lives. So, so please help me with that. Um, I appreciate you so much for listening and tuning in and, and again, feel free to link, reach out to me. I, I love to hear from people. I love to hear feedback. I'm very active on LinkedIn, um, active on Instagram, active on TikTok. So um, those are the main ways to get a hold of me. And of course, on my Substack as well, where I'm still writing. So um, I would love for you to reach out to me. Um, I'd love to connect. I'd love to collaborate. If you want to come on the podcast, I would love to have you. If you want to write a blog post, let's do the thing. Um, any and all is cool with me. So um, let's connect. And uh, But anyway, let's get started with today's episode. So recently, for whatever reason, the book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad has just been coming across my wavelengths. I don't, depending on like whatever podcasts I'm listening to, you know, I'm scrolling through LinkedIn, I'm on some random website, this book just keeps coming up. And I'm like, and I've kind of heard about it, you know, I'm like, ah, this is like a really good book. And it's like one everybody should read. But you know, you just keep putting it on You're like, ah, I'm too busy for that. I'm too busy for that. You know, but eventually, like, I just got kind of fed up with it, just popping into my brain. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to read this book. And this book was excellent. I've read it probably in about a week's time, and I really, really enjoyed it. I'll say I wish, I wish, I wish I would have read this book earlier. This book makes a ton of sense to me. And I don't take it as, like, dogma and, like, it's a Bible or something like that. And you have to follow every step and rule and, 
and everything. But man, I really resonated with a lot of the principles in this book. It was cool. I mean, it makes sense to me. This how Robert Kiyosaki talks and, and speaks and writes is very much how I view the world and, and especially in the world of finances. Other than I really haven't been doing what he did to become so financially successful. So anyway, the book, for those of you who don't know, and I'll be brief about this because I don't want to bore you, but you know, the book is basically about how he, the author, grew up with two dads, a rich dad and a poor dad. And, you know, he kind of gets into like the meta of like what a rich dad is versus a poor dad, you know, but, you know, when it fundamentally comes down to it, you know, the rich dad is somebody that has created themselves as a financially independent person. They have started their own business. They have become reliant on only themselves for what they, you know, what they need in life. Versus poor dad is somebody in Robert's life, and it's his actual dad. The rich dad is actually a, his friend's dad, but his actual dad was a teacher and thought that we should really be taken care of in life. Like the government, for example, should you know take care of our needs and that the key to success was to get a, a good job, a good paying job with good benefits and and that the retirement from that job will take care of you the rest of your life. And so there are very contrasting opinions that are laid out through the book. And it's just fascinating to see. So, you know, I, I, me personally, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in learning about investing. Um, I think I've waited a bit too long to jump on this train. Um, I'm, you know, I've already, I call myself an entrepreneur because I am making money doing some of this stuff. And so I consider myself an entrepreneur, but I want to be a better entrepreneur. So I'm reading books like this. That's, that's kind of my goal. You know, I, I, in my mind, I should be reading more anyway. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going back to the basics because there's a lot I need to learn in this way. So, um, but yeah, so I'll just kind of read you some of the principles, you know, I jotted down here that are, you know, kind of main mantras of the books in comparison of Robert's rich dad versus Robert's poor dad. So poor dad, for example, would say that wealth depends on the family of origin. Like you were born into wealth, you know, trust fund baby, for example. Rich dad emphasized being rich or poor is something you learn, right? So rich dad basically said, it doesn't matter if you're born into like a rich or poor family, you make yourself. You can become wealthy if you really want to learn how to become wealthy and take the time and the steps necessary to do that. Rich dad would say, get a job in order to acquire the skills so that you can own a business. Poor dad, on the other hand, would say, well, the job is just a source of income for life. You know, you, that's how you're going to make a living versus rich dad said, no, you, you get a job at a bank to learn, you know, banking skills, money, you know, assets, investments, those sorts of things. And then you utilize that knowledge to start your own business versus poor dad said, no, like he was a teacher, for example, and he had a pension from being a teacher. And he said, that's how you should live your life. Rich dad would say, how can I afford this? And this was a big mental shift. I love I loved this about this book. He didn't say, I can't afford this like poor dad would. He would. He, rich dad would say, how can I work to afford this? And that's just, it was a really interesting quote because it's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those like shifting of the mind things where, you know, if we tell ourselves we can't, we kind of put it away, right? We're like, all right, well, I'm done with that. 
But when you tell yourself, when you challenge yourself, you say, well, how can I afford this? And that's what Rich Dad does in the book. He he says, you know, I, I honestly, I can't afford this right now, but how can I afford this? And then his mind gets to work thinking of all the ways he could figure out how to afford, afford what he's looking at or what he wants. Maybe it's some investment, maybe it's real estate, something like that. So I really like that. Um, Rich Dad stressed financial education, like I talked about. And then Poor Dad said, you should go to school. Go to school where they'll teach you how to do a trade or a job, like being a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, accountant, or whatever, and use that as your income. And there's and on another show I do want to talk about, you know, this kind of thing about like what they teach us in school and what the educational system is based on nowadays, because I really don't think it prepares us like we should. I think it's kind of very traditional and antiquated in a way. Um, that's just an interesting topic to talk about down the road. Um, a few more. Rich Dad said financial struggles are often self-inflicted, that they are our doing, versus Poor Dad would typically blame, for example, the economy or market for financial struggles. Again, I'm, you know, I'm very anti-victim mentality. I, I really dislike the victim mentality that a lot of people have. So I agree with this one. Rich Dad said manage risk. Poor Dad said play it safe. Risk is inevitable. I, I've taken many risks in my life. Manage calculated risks. I don't just throw caution to the wind, but I agree with this. You got to manage risks. You got to take risks, but they have to be manage risks. You can never just not take risks if you want to get ahead at least. And then Rich Dad said, the work we do in our life should allow us to take care of ourselves in the future. And this is the final one. But Poor Dad said, the government and our entitlement should take care of us. Yeah, you know, I just don't swing the bat that way with Poor Dad here. I just don't. I, I agree. I think self-reliance is key. It's not, It's not. you know, I, the, the, world, the world that I'm talking about, it's not so black and white. I understand that. But, you know, that's just generally how I lean. So, and then my favorite quote from the book is, you know what job stands for? just overbroke. So why am I telling you about rich dad, poor dad? Well, because, you know, I'm, I'm in this new sphere where I'm, I'm creating content and I'm having fun doing it. And I just made this connection recently with the themes of what I do and what we do as physicians, and especially those of us in healthcare. But honestly, the principles that I'm going to talk about today can apply to any job or profession or whatever you want to do, right? Like, I don't want to just limit it to us physicians. I'm going to talk about it in the physician way because I'm a physician, but this can apply to anything. So the name of the book was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So the name of the quote unquote book or the thing we're going to talk about today is called Rich Doc, Poor Doc. So Rich Doctor, Poor Doctor. And this idea just came to me because when I was reading the book, I was, you know, I'm so involved in this physician wellness and mental health space that I said, huh, that's interesting because, you know, I think there are so many things and it's not, I'm not even going to be talking about financial stuff here, but there are so many things that I think make a doctor a rich doctor versus a doctor a poor doctor, right? And so I just want to draw that comparison. I want to utilize this book's framework to draw a comparison between the two because I think what I'm going to say isn't necessarily going to be profound, but it's going to highlight a lot of the points that I feel are extremely important in, for, in terms of taking care of ourselves and being what I, what I think a rich doctor truly is, because it's not what you think it is. You know, what people, I think when they would first hear me say this, like rich doc, poor doc, 
Oh, well, doctors make a lot of money. Yeah, well, that's debatable. I mean, some of us do. Primary care physicians, we don't make a lot of money. But, you know, but still, and I'm not talking, but like I said, I'm not talking about finances because finances aren't what make you rich, right? I, I think that's where I'm going with this. I mean, we do need money. Finances are important. Undeniably, you know, the, my favorite quote is, money won't make you happy, but everybody wants to find out for themselves, which is true, you know. But in order to, you know, I think money is necessary, but it's not sufficient, right? Income is necessary, but it's not sufficient. If you're a, if you're an awful human, I mean, how many movies have you seen about people that are wealthy and rich, but they're just miserable, right? There's a reason so many movies and TV shows and everything are made about that. And I'm sure you know someone in life like that. So rich doc, poor doc. So I'm going to read you off just very similar to what I was just talking about, about what I think a rich doc is versus what I think a poor doc is. So the first one, rich doc will exercise as many times a week as possible while poor doc scoffs at the idea. I'm big on exercise. I love exercise. I think it's great. I think it's fundamentally key to our success. Us physicians, we just don't do it enough. I've, I've posted about this and I've written about this. I've made TikToks about this, right? But I think if you want to be a rich doctor, you have to be rich in your health. And one key component of that is we have to exercise, right? So rich doc says, you know what? I'm going to exercise because I want myself to be the best version of myself for my patients, my family, and my loved ones. But poor doctor goes with the idea that many of us doctors do today. There's no time to exercise. How am I supposed to exercise? When do I find time to exercise? I'm so busy at work. Work is my life. I don't have time to like go exercise. If I exercise throughout the day, I might take the stairs once. I might run to the elevator, but that's really it. And, and I just think it's just, it's too bad, right? And I have alluded to this in my other posts, but it's hypocrisy that, you know, we, we counsel our patients to, you know, eat right and exercise, but we don't do the same thing. Rarely do we ever do the same thing. It's fascinating. It's just fascinating. The next one, Rich Doc will engage in practices that help his mental health. For example, going to therapy. Poor Doc says there is no time for that. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it's not really surprising that there is a huge physician mental health crisis, right? I'm, I'm telling everybody that. That's, all I, that's basically all I talk about, right? It's true. There is. I promise you, it's out there. I think a rich doctor is someone that comes forward and says, this is honestly how I'm feeling right now. And we have to do a better job about that. Versus, you know, a poor doc is someone that's really stuck in this old mentality of, look, mental health is for the weak, right? We, sh we have to be strong for our patients. We don't have time to fiddle around with our mental health and say how we're feeling. We're too busy. You're a doctor. People are counting on you. Forget about you. Take yourself out of the picture. Focus on the patient. Focus on work. And that idea has just got to go, right? So that's what I think a poor doc would say. And there's still some doctors out there that really, honest to God, think of this. And it's mind-blowing to me. It's absolutely mind-blowing to me. So that's the first two. Rich doc says, I'm going to exercise. Poor doc says, nope, I'm good. 
Rich Doc says, I'm going to engage in practices that help my mental health, and I'm going to be honest about what I'm feeling. Poor Doc says, forget that. I don't need to talk about my mental health. I'm not here for that. Patients need me. I'm moving on. Next one. Rich Doc will take time to enjoy activities outside of work. Poor Doc says, there are no time for personal hobbies, and not in the profession we do. Huh, interesting. Yeah, you know, it's so true, right? I mean, I used to be guilty of this myself. I would say, yeah, like, I'm either too exhausted after work to go engage in personal hobbies, or I would just say, look, I need to spend all my time reading and studying and, you know, reading this journal article or getting up to date on this next thing. You know, and that's honestly a poor doc's mentality. It is. Because Rich Doc says, you know what, I know in order to be better for myself, I'm still a human and I need to engage in those activities that bring me joy. It's playing the guitar. It's watching movies. Whatever it is, taking time to take care of yourself, I think, makes you a rich doc. To do things you want to do that bring you joy in this world, if you do that, I think you're a rich doc. If my opinion means anything to you, that's all I'm saying. But I think a poor doc, and again, doctors still do this. They still, honest to God, do this. They have no hobbies outside of work. They have nothing outside of work that fills them up and brings them joy. And I think that's really sad. That's why I think it makes you a poor doc. This next one's a good one. Rich doc puts boundaries around work. Mm. Including, including with his patients. So that he can be the best version of himself. Both for his patients and for his loved ones at home. Wow, that's a good one. Poor doc though. Says, I'm going to give every ounce of free time to my patients. In fact, I'll set no boundaries with them. They can call me whenever they want. They can message me through the inbox whenever they want. They can be as mean to me in our interactions because they they need what they want. They can do whatever. And I, I, I will do the same. I'm going to work at home. I will take work home because that's what this job asked me to do. I don't think boundaries are important. I just want to pause and just say, I think boundaries are the most important thing that we can have as physicians. And we struggle with this big time, like big time, right? Because we're constantly conditioned to think, put ourselves to the side and put others first. And by doing that, by extension, then there are no boundaries for patients or otherwise. And I'm talking even boundaries at work, boundaries at home, saying no, you know, just just putting boundaries up. I think a rich doctor has control over things in his life because he or she has put up boundaries to say, I'm not going to do this right now, or this is not how I'm going to operate. I'm sorry, but I can't do that. People respect you so much more when you say no and when you stand up for yourself. They really do. They can be as mad as they want, but I guarantee you, whatever it is that the patient needs, whatever it is that your work needs or somebody outside of here needs, it will still get done. It will, no matter what. The world will still go on. It'll still keep spinning around. So put up boundaries. So rich doc has boundaries. Poor doc, I think, doesn't have boundaries. Next one. We're getting closer to the end here. Rich doc does his best to sleep eight hours a night. Uh Uh-oh. And has tried to minimize the amount of call he does. Poor Doc says, sleep is for the week. He recounts how he's worked 24 or even 36-hour shifts and hasn't slept throughout the duration of them. He said, 
sleeping and poor broken sleep is what being a doctor is all about. You've heard me say it before. It's 2024. We've got to move on from this, right? Sleep is like the pillar of life. I'd say like, I'd care to anecdotally guess that 75% of my patients come in with complaints related to poor sleep. I mean, it's just, it's huge. It's just so important. And, you know, so, and I understand it's difficult if you're a resident and and things like that sometimes, because yeah, I mean, I've had to work 24 hour shifts too. I get it. But, you know, I think all of us have just been conditioned to just put our sleep to the, you know, to the wayside. Like, it's just not something important. Like, we should just drink ungodly amounts of caffeine, stay up as long as we can, and brag about how many hours we haven't slept. You know, and surgeons especially, I just don't know how they do it. You know, I, I just honestly don't. That's why I could do surgery, among among many other reasons. But, you know, so I think Rich Doc says, I'm going to make sleep a priority. I'm going to get the eight to nine hours I need. You know, I'm and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that. You know, I'm not going to be perfect about it, obviously. And I'm going to try and take as little as call as possible because that breaks up my sleep routine. And I know if I don't sleep well, I'm not the best version of myself. But I still hear doctors bragging about, just like poor doc would, hey, you know, I only slept four hours last night. You know, I got woken up for three codes. You know, I've been awake for 24 hours. It's not healthy. It's not good. I think it makes you a poor doc if you're embracing that mentality. Rich Doc makes an effort to be present at home for his wife and kids. Poor Doc is divorced and alienated from his children, having spent most of his time sacrificing for his career. And again, you know, this can exchange for he, her, whoever. You know, I don't I don't mean to just say it's his, you know, it's just kind of the example, the way the book uses, but but this is a pretty important point, right? I, I know a lot of divorce doctors. I know a lot of divorce doctors, you know, and for many reasons, a lot of it is because this job is so demanding and because we don't put boundaries up, we work all the time. We, and guess what? And I know this all too damn well. Our work is so stressful sometimes. I mean, we have some days at work. We come home and I don't want to be talked to. I don't Leave me alone. Please, you know, I, I, I just, I've had such a rough day. It was so stressful. Two people died. I got yelled at, you know, and, and, and clinic was crazy. Please just, I, I just don't want to talk to anybody. And I'm not present, right? So I think Rich Doc does his best or her best to say, I'm going to do my best to minimize my, my stresses at work. And so I can be present at home with my wife or husband and children. Because that's really in life what's way more important than work, being present. Some of us haven't been present for years. I mean, time's been flying by and we don't even remember it. It's wild. And I'm guilty of this too. I haven't been present for a while. And it, and it takes a concerted effort every day. So Rich Doc tries their best to be present. Poor Doc, he's a lonely soul. A couple more, guys. Rich Doc says, does his best to eat healthy and nutritious so that he can be mentally and physically fit and deliver the best care for his patients. Poor Doc often forgets to eat or goes hungry, only snacking on something processed and quick and filled with additives and preservatives. See, see what I did there? Because there's just no time to try and eat right. 
it's a tough world we live in. You know, it is, it's fast paced. We, every day seem to get busier and busier and there's less time for things like cooking healthy, nutritious foods or snacks. And I mean, certainly marketing and everything isn't going that way, right? They want you to eat their processed garbage and it fits our busy lifestyle. So I don't know, you know, but I think that's what a rich doc does. I think a rich doc takes time to eat dinner with their family, number one, but two, cook food or prepare food that will fuel them rather than hinder them in some way. It goes back to the exercise things, everyone. If, if you're not eating right and exercising, like most of us would want our patients to do, because most patients are very sick from not doing those two things and sleeping, I guess, too. But, you know, most of our patients do not do any, most anything right. And that's not a knock on them. I understand it's, it's, it's difficult and that's what we're there to help them with. But we as doctors, we don't do it either. So we're just, you know, swimming in this hypocrisy. So I think Rich Doc makes time and effort as best they can to try and engage in some sort of nutritional behavior. Poor Doc doesn't seem to think that. So last one, Rich Doc tends to spend time being quiet, meditating, trying to figure out what is important to them and connecting with their intuition. Poor Doc says there is no time for these snowflake activities when there's so many patients to take care of. You know, I I don't want this to sound, you know, fluffy or foo-foo or anything like that, but I meditate. I sit every morning for 30 minutes in quiet, and I just let my brain kind of tell me what's going on, right? And I think that's so important to connect with ourselves and do that. It's it's huge. It's been a game changer for me. And, And because of that, I've been able to connect to my intuition and start doing things like this, things that I love, things that I really enjoy. And so ultimately, right? A rich doc, I think, is someone that does those things. I'm not saying you have to meditate. I'm not saying you have to sit alone for 30 minutes. But I think we all have to do something, something. We have to get quiet. So many of us are just so busy and just sprinting everywhere. It's nonstop action every day of our lives, constantly scrolling on our phones, doing something, constantly just engaging, engaging, but we just never slow down. So I think rich doc slows down. I think rich doc takes a step back to figure out what's important in their life. And I think poor doc takes that for granted. I think poor doc says, well, there's just no time for doing such frivolous things. And I think that's what makes them a poor doc. I think that that lack of insight really does. And I don't mean to call out anybody, you know, I don't want to single out, but I just want us to be better. That's it. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get us all to be mindful, right? So if you're a physician reading this or like reading, listening to this, I hope you're not reading this. I guess you can read the show notes, but you know, are you, what do you, what do you think you are? I want you to honestly ask yourself, do you fit into one category or the other? And you don't have to be perfect. You know, this isn't like a questionnaire. I'm not scoring you. I, you know, I, I want the best for everybody. And I think this stuff is pretty sound, solid advice, right? But and. You don't have to be doing everything, and you may not even agree with me on everything. That's fine. I'm cool with that. You know, we can discuss it or whatever. Um, but do you consider yourself a rich doc? Do you consider yourself life or your life fulfilling and, and joyful and full? 
which I think is what makes you rich. Are you along that line or are you somewhere else? Are you lacking behind? Are you kind of more in the poor doc realm where you're just kind of existing and working and doing and not doing these things to take care of yourself and be honest about how you're feeling? So I really, I really encourage you and I'll put, you know, all this rich doc, poor doc stuff in the, in the show notes, but ask yourself, take a step back and be honest. Which, which category are you, are you kind of tending towards? And is that a big deal to you? Because only you can really make the changes, right? Only you can, can say, you know what? This is, this ain't cool. I I don't want to be a poor doc. I really don't. And so I'll start closing here and I'll say this. Remember that, like I said, I deal, I deal with physicians. I'm a physician. It's, it's physician, mental health and, and everything for me, but put, put it into your career, your life. Am I a good, am I a rich teacher or a poor teacher? Am I a rich accountant or a poor accountant? You know, am I a rich sales manager or am I a poor sales manager? Am I a rich astronaut or a poor astronaut? Which are you? Which do you want to be? Where are you at in your life right now? I just ask you to honestly take a step back and assess assess where you're at and what you want in life. Because I wish I would have done this a long, long time ago. I think I would have avoided a lot of heartache and heartbreak. I'll just say this. Read the book. It's fantastic. I'm really pumped about it. I'm kind of sucked in. I'm very excited about you know, learning how to invest and, and breaking that whole thing open because, you know, I do, I want my life to be, you know, fruitful and joyful, both in my finances and otherwise too. I'm working hard on the otherwise part right now, you know, taking care of myself, my mental health and physical health and all that. But, you know, the financial is a big part of it. So, um, but again, that's about it for today. A little bit shorter, I think, maybe than the last one. Um, so I really appreciate you all listening. This this stuff brings me so much joy. I had so much fun creating this. Um, if you like what I'm doing, again, I just ask that you please subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever source you're cooking on. Please uh, download and leave a review. Don't get burned out. Appreciate y'all.